You're listening to the preaching ministry of First Baptist Church in Newton, North Carolina. By God's grace and for His glory, we're striving to be a community of disciples who are growing in trust, growing in love, and growing disciples. We pray you'll be encouraged to deeply love and trust our Savior Jesus Christ through this ministry. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 19. Again, praise the Lord for mothers. Praise the Lord for my mother, the way she raised me to know the Lord and to know Christ. Praise the Lord for my wife, who is a mother to our children, who is raising them to know Christ and so loving to them. And praise the Lord for the mothers in our church who are raising their children to know Christ as well. Uh, today we will be in Psalm 19. Um, but before we get there, um, I have a question for you. Have you ever been in a situation where you are, you've contacted someone and you're waiting to hear from them and you're getting nothing? Uh, no text, no emails, no calls, and, and you, you look at your phone and you look at your phone and why haven't they responded? Why haven't they called me? Why haven't they emailed me? And you think to yourself, what in the world is going on with this person? What's the deal? And, and you wait, maybe hours, maybe a day, and you never hear something from them. And then eventually you, you go back and you look at your phone again, and it died. It died hours ago. And you charge it up, and you turn it back on, and what you didn't realize is you'd got texts, you got calls, you got emails, but your phone had died, and you didn't know. And there you were. At least I've been in this kind of situation. There I was, upset with the person, all this time, having all these thoughts in my mind about, oh, that they always do this to me, they always treat me this way, always having all these kinds of thoughts, and the whole time they tried to contact me. The whole time they had done everything I wanted them to do, and I just missed that my phone had died, and that they had done that. Well... In our Christian life, there, there are times in which we can feel like God is not speaking to us. God is silent. God is not listening to me when I tell him my problems. It, it, it doesn't seem like God is responding to me when I tell him what is going on in my life. I feel like I've texted him, I've called him, I've sent him emails, and I've got nothing in response. Well, brother, well, sister, Christ, I want to encourage you today that maybe we need to look at our phones and see if they've died, our spiritual phones, we'll say for this, and see if they've died. Because our text today, Psalm 19, is going to tell us that God has spoken to us. God has spoken to us in many ways. You, you see behind me our points there. God has spoken to us through his word. God has spoken to us through creation, and God has spoken to us through his son, and he's calling us to respond. So, so without further ado, let's read our text, Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the works of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There, there is no speech, nor are there words where their voice is not heard. 
Their line has gone out through all the earth and their utterance to the end of the world. In them, he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of its chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them. And there's nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, much more than fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Equip me of hidden faults. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So, so as I said, as, as, we, as we consider this passage, as we come to this passage, maybe you have felt recently that God is not as close as you'd like him to be. Um, I, I'll just say, in this time... Uh, of COVID-19, people do feel, people are more isolated from community, from others. Um, I think I've heard that um, people needing prescriptions for medication, for depression, uh, those kinds of numbers have gone up because of this isolation that we feel. And, And maybe you feel the same way towards God, that you're far from him at this moment. You're not hearing from him like you'd like to hear from him. I have good news for you. God has spoken. And, and, and I was, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, oh, I, I wish I'd change one thing about these points. And it, it's, it's true that God has spoken. But, but it's even better than that. God is speaking. And so God has spoken, but he's also speaking today. And one reason we meet together when we can meet together and in the form that we can meet together is because we want to hear him speak to us personally. I want to hear from God and you want to hear from God. We want to hear him speak to us from his word. But but before we get to that, that's point number two. Let's start with point number one and verse number one. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. So, so you may have thought, he, he's not speaking. I don't feel him speaking, but, but he is speaking. He has spoken, and he is speaking through nature. And, and, and that's no small thing. Why is that? Why is that no small thing? Well, well one... Because wherever you are, nature is there to it. There, creation is there as well. God is speaking to you no matter where on earth you go. God is speaking to you 
through creation. And, and, and that's great news because we do feel like he's not speaking, but he is. He says the heavens, the expanse, the day, the night, the sun are all speaking the glory of God. All of creation, is God is speaking through it. He's telling, he's declaring, he's pouring forth speech, he's revealing. So all of creation, through every bit of creation, you walk outside and you see bugs and gnats and other mosquitoes and you think, I hate these things, I want to kill these things. And in some way, God is speaking to us even through the things we hate in creation. God is still speaking to us. And again, he's speaking everywhere. There's nowhere you can go, I can go, that God is not speaking to us. He says, there's no place where their words are not heard. Their utterances go to the end of the world. So from one side to the other, God is speaking to us. And in verse 2, he says, from day to day, to night to night, he's continually speaking to you And to me, he's continually speaking. So it's all of creation. He's speaking everywhere. And he's continually speaking to us. It's not ending the speech from God. What is the message that creation is telling us? What is creation telling us? Well, it is telling the glory of God. What better message could God give us to, to show us and tell us Of his glory, what do we need more than to see and know and love and cherish and delight in the glory of God? And today, today you can hear that word. You can go outside today and hear from God as you walk in creation and see the word that God is telling you through creation, to see his glory, to see the work of his hands. What does it mean? What does it mean? We're seeing the power of God and the greatness of God on display in creation. And where can we see this? Where? Well, I think if you could answer me today, you might call out and say, Well, the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's an easy one, right? If we could all go take a field trip, get a bus or two buses, and drive to the Grand Canyon, we could look out over that grand vista, and we could see the glory of God. We could see his grandeur. We could know it. If we could take maybe a plane this time and and go up north to see the Aurora Borealis, the northern lights, um, that feature in the sky, I looked up this scientific thing and something with solar wind and particles. All I know is it supposedly, I haven't seen it in person, but supposedly the light, the sky lights up. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's majestic. If we could take a plane, go there, see that, we would see the glory of God on display. Maybe on your honeymoon, you went to Niagara Falls. We, you would see the glory of God on display at Niagara Falls. And, and, and that's true. That's right. Those are pictures of grandeur, grandeur that shows the glory of God on display that causes us to worship and, and, and lose our breath for a moment as we see this grandeur that tells us something about the God of the universe who created all things. 
Praise the Lord. I'll just tell you, I've not been to the Grand Canyon. I've not been and seen the Aurora Borealis. I've not been to Niagara Falls. And I may never see those things. Get to see pictures, video, but never been in person. Still, you you and I both, if we've not been there, we, we get the idea. We understand. This is amazing. This is beautiful. This is grander. But, but what, if, what if we don't get to go? What, what if I don't get to go? What if you don't get to go to see all these things? Well, we still have good news. Because the glory of God display, on display in creation is not just at the Grand Canyon. It's not just at Niagara Falls. It's not just up north with the northern lights. Uh, the glory of God on display in creation is on display right now in your neighborhood. You can step outside today and go on a walk. One of the few things we get to do during COVID-19 is go on walks. We're recommended. Go on walks. And you can do that today. You can go on a nice Mother's Day walk with your family and together see the glory of God on display in your neighborhood. Isn't that a gift of the Lord that no matter where you live, Creation is there, and you can see the glory of God on display. You can worship him and know things about God, that he is great, that he does big things, that he does beautiful things, majestic things. You can walk in your neighborhood this week and worship as you see trees and leaves and all other things that might be in your neighborhood this week. You can worship the God of the universe and know that he is speaking to you this week week even today but you don't even have to leave your house do you because you're part of creation i'm i'm part of creation we can look at one another and consider ourselves and see the hand of god at work in creation and worship um i mean we can worship because we have mothers god created mothers god created us so that we would have mothers um Maybe God could have done it a different way. Maybe could have, we could have been born some other way or come into the world some other way. But, but God chose for there to be mothers. And that's good. That's great. If, if you have a mother who loved you and cared for you, you know that's good. If you are a mother who, who loves and cares for your children, you know that's good. And this is an aspect of God's creation that he is speaking to us. Um, the psalmist says that even though if a mother were to forsake her child, the Lord will not forsake his children. And so even in mothers, God is speaking to us through that part of creation about how good he is and how he cares for us and how he loves us. So, so God is speaking to us through creation so that we would see his glory and we would worship him it, and I just ask, are you listening? Are you hearing that? You drive down the road this week uh, to get groceries or go to work. And you look around the trees, the leaves, and whatever else you get to see on your trip. Are you worshiping the God of the universe? Are you hearing what he is speaking to you about himself? You go on a walk today or this week. Are you hearing what God is speaking, or are you so caught up in what you need to do, or your phone, looking at news, or other movies, or TV, or whatever else you like to look at, 
that you are missing the grandeur that is around you where God is speaking to you and me. I want to hear his voice. And if I asked you at the beginning, do you want to hear his voice? You would have said yes. You, you know you would have said yes. And so we can hear his voice. Even today, when we step outside, we can hear the voice of God as he speaks to us about himself in nature. But not only does God speak through nature, uh, but he also speaks through his word. And we see that in verse number 7. Is when he begins. It, I, I like the way. Just say I like the way the psalmist does this. He begins by speaking about how God speaks through nature, and then he tell, begins to talk about God's word, and, and in effect, how God is speaking to us through His word. And He has spoken, and He is speaking yet through His word, and that is praise Him. Good news. It, it, and so we see a verse. Number seven, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And he, he, he lists, um, goes on and lists all these things. The, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. I, I'll just say, um, all these things, you, you might not think of law as the word of God, the testimony, the precepts, but, but all of these things are shorthand for the word of God. They're all pointing to the word of God. They're all contained, found, written, communicated through the word of God. If you asked David, where's the law of God? He would have said, it's in his word. Uh, that is where the word of God is. And I'll also say, uh, look there. That each one of those things, is, it's, it, David's not just praising law. He's not just praising testimonies. He's not just praising precepts or commandments or judgments. But he's praising the law of the Lord. The testimony of the Lord. The precepts of the Lord. Each one of those things, it's parallel. Each one of them is of the Lord. And it's good. The word of God is good because it is from the Lord. It is his word to us it's his message to us it's his speaking to us and it is good now had we if you could communicate with me and i could see it right now and i asked you for a list of the things that you would like for the lord to speak to you this week there might be numerous things on that list there there may be very specific things on that list but if you kept it more general some of the things that might have been on that list is, this week I'd like the Lord to restore my soul. You know, this week I'd like the Lord to make me wise. This week, Lord, I need you to rejoice my heart because I have been down, I have been sad, I've been angry, I've been depressed, and I need you to rejoice my heart. Lord, I need direction. I need you to enlighten my eyes so I can see. You might have said, Lord, I need to see something that's just right, that's just good. I need to see something good and righteous this week. I have good news for you. God is speaking to us from his word. And in Psalm 19, he's telling us that the list that you and I might have created together of things we would like from God this week, it's all available for us through his word. He is speaking restoration. He is speaking wisdom. He is speaking rejoicing to our hearts through his word. 
And, and maybe, maybe not, but maybe this week, this past week, you, you felt like you didn't hear from him. Maybe even when you read his word, you didn't feel like you heard from him. And I just want to encourage you, brother, encourage you, sister, to keep on keeping on opening God's word and asking him to speak afresh to you through his word. To bring to mind the truth that you need to see, to hear, and to believe and to be changed by. We want to continue to grow in trust. We want to continue to grow in love. And we want to continue for disciples to be grown in our church. And that will happen as we open up God's word and we hear from him. And he will restore our souls. He will make us wise. He will rejoice, help us to rejoice. Even even during the midst of COVID-19, When you think it's the worst, it's the worst. What's the best time in your life? You you might feel like right now it's it's probably not the middle of COVID-19. I'm worried we're all going to sick, we're all going to die. Maybe this wouldn't be right now where you would put the best part of my life was COVID-19. I had to stay home all the time. I couldn't go out. I couldn't see people. Maybe the, um, the people among us who are like to be alone, um, like to not see people. Maybe this is heaven for you. Um, I, I know for some of you it probably is. But even for you, there's a limit to the time that you want to be alone. There's a limit to the time that you don't want to see other people and you don't want to be able to go out to do the things you'd like to do. But even in this time, we can rejoice and we can be glad and we can have the joy of the Lord even in the midst of COVID-19. Uh, my men's group this past week was talking about um, suffering and a passage that relates to suffering and, and joy in the middle of suffering. And, 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 you know, as we think about that, it's crazy. It, it does not make sense that anyone would have joy in the midst of suffering. How can that happen? How can that be? But I want to encourage you, brother or sister, no matter how bad it feels right now, no matter how much it hurts right now, in God and in his word, there is rejoicing and joy for you today. No matter what your situation, that is true. God's word is true. And so God is speaking to us from his word. Let's listen. Let's hear Let's rejoice. Let's delight in it. And, and that's really our next point. But before we get to that, I did, I did want to say two things. Um, he says it's more desirable than gold. He's calling us on us to desire it. And he's telling us that it is sweeter than honey. And so let's take up this thing that's better than gold. You, you think about David. He was a king. He went around conquering people. He got lots of gold. He, he knows about gold. Um, you know, the women among us know something about gold. You've got rose-colored gold. You've got white gold. You've got gold gold. You know something about gold, too. This word that God has for us is sweeter and better and more desirable than the best diamond ring that Tiffany has or Brighton has or whoever else has. This word is better and worthy of our love and our desire to be in. But... So the way that he's, he's formed this chapter, formed this psalm, this song that David has written for us, um, 
begins with the heavens are telling the glory of God. And then the word of God, the, his word, his, his scripture is, is telling the, word, the glory of God as well. But then he moves to our response, to our how will we respond to this glory of God, this speaking of God that we get to hear. And, and we see that in verse 11. He begins to talk that way. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and I shall be acquitted of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So we've been talking about the heavens declaring the glory of God, the word of God declaring the word of God. And then he begins to talk about, but your servant is warned. In keeping them, there's great reward. And he begins to talk about how he's going to respond to this word that he's heard. The heavens are declaring. The word of God is declaring. God is speaking to me. God is speaking to you. But how will we respond to this word from God that we are given? Are are we putting our phones on silent? Are, Are we putting on airplane mode so we can't hear from him? Are we... Closing our ears to the word of God that's coming to us. You know, sometimes we don't go out, we might say, to do that. We're not intentionally doing that. We, we're pursuing other things and we, we pursue these things. A byproduct of that is that we've closed our ears to God and we've closed our ears to his word. And we know that at times. We know that we've done that, but that's not what we were thinking about. What we were thinking about is wanting this pleasure or wanting this delight. But in wanting that thing and giving ourselves to that thing, we've closed ourselves off from hearing the word of God and hearing him speak to us. And so the psalmist tells us that the word of God is warning us. But he also tells us that there's great reward. So that there's positive and there's negative. Be warned by the word of God. And then keep it and find great reward. You know, God is not calling us to follow him and hear him and obey him and live for him and say, there's no reward. No, there, there is great reward in knowing him and hearing from him. So what we see here. There's, there's warning. There's reward. But we don't always keep God's word. And, and that's what the psalmist is getting at. He says um, in verse 12. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. So it's like David is saying. Or David is saying. Who can know everything they've done that's wrong? Lord, I've got things where I've messed up. I've said something off the cuff to someone. I didn't think another thought about it, but they thought about it the rest of the day. They were hurt all day long, and and I don't even know that I did that. Lord, acquit me of hidden faults. I've gone over here, and I've been talking about this, and I blew it, and I didn't even realize it, Lord. There are things I should have done I completely forgot about. Equip me of hidden faults. Now, now, you could read that, I could read that, and we could think he's just talking about secret sins. 
um, which is which is possible. But I don't think that's why he, what he's talking about. And the reason I don't think about that, it, he's talking about that, is because he says, um, who can discern his errors? Who can discern all the things they've done wrong? And then in the next verse, he says, Lord, keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Or in some translations, it says willful, willful sins. So there's the contrast of sins that I do that I don't even realize I'm doing. And then sins I know I'm doing. I know this is wrong. And if he were only meaning sins that were secret, well, he would know, he would be willfully doing those sins. So there he's talking in one verse about sins he doesn't even know he's doing or he's unaware of at the time. And then other sins where he knows he shouldn't do that. He knows he shouldn't say that. He knows he shouldn't act that way. He knows he shouldn't go there. And yet he does it anyway. And, And we all can feel that. If we consider for a moment our sins before the Lord. We know there's times we've blown it and we don't even, probably don't even know about it till maybe weeks later, months later, somebody comes and says to me, you know, you said this at the time and it tore me apart. And, and we barely remember that we said it. But, but we crushed someone. And so we know about hidden sins. And we for sure know there are times when we blow it and we blow it on purpose because we want to hurt that other person or we want to tell them what we think or give them a piece of our mind we know we blew it so lord david is saying protect me from hidden faults and protect me from sins that i do on purpose i know it's wrong when i do it and he says in verse 13 let them not rule over me don't let sin rule over me. Isn't that a good word for us today? That as you consider your life in this time of infinite, um, for some of us, infinite time off because you may not have been working or you may not have been working until this week. You've had more free time maybe because you, you can't go out and do the things you would have done. This is an ample time for us to sin in numerous ways as we give ourselves to numerous things. But the Lord is telling us, calling us in this verse to not let sin rule over you or over me. That is a good word from the Lord today for me and for you. I don't want to be ruled over by sin. And, 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 you know, sometimes the thing that wants to rule over you or rule over me isn't something that's outright evil. You know, it's not outright evil to watch TV. It's not outright evil to read a book. It's not outright evil to love your kids. But when I'm consumed by any one of those things, and I won't do what I should do because I'm giving myself to that thing, then I have been ruled over by sin. In in Corinthians, Paul talks about that he can do anything. He, he can eat anything he wants. He can drink anything he wants. He can do whatever he wants to do. But that he will not be mastered by anything. He will not be ruled by anything. He won't let food rule him. He won't let enjoyment rule him. He won't let them master him. And as we think about this, 
I think we need to think about it the way that David thinks about it. Do you see how he talks about it? He says, Lord, in verse 13, he's saying, Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. You know, David isn't saying, Lord, I'm going to keep myself back from presumptuous sins. Lord, I'm going to try harder this week. I'm going to make a plan, and I'm going to fight it like I've never fought it, and I'm going to conquer this this week, whatever it is. He's saying, Lord, keep me. Lord, don't let them rule over me. He is, his confidence is not in himself. His confidence is in God. His strength is not coming from himself. His strength is coming from God. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no part where we have to fight, where we have to will, where we have to do. But ultimately, he's not trusting in himself for victory. He's trusting in God for victory over his sin. And he's submitting himself to God for victory over his sin. And, and that's where we have to start, is where, Lord, I cannot do what you've called me to do in myself. You must work in me and help me to will and to do what brings you pleasure. So he, he, he talks about his response and how he doesn't want sin to rule over him. And then he says, um, let the words of my mouth and the te- meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. So, Lord, Lord, the things I say, and even the things I don't say, the things that no one knows about but me and you, the meditations of my heart. You know, I was just talking to someone about a story from this week where I, someone I know was giving someone a piece of their mind. And um, in the story, I, was, I said, it's so funny because... In that situation, I I might have been thinking some of those same thoughts. I might have been thinking some of those same things. I might have been just as frustrated with this person and what they'd done. But I sure would have said it the way he said it. I would have kept all that back. I'd have been really nice about it. But in my heart, I would have been sinning just as much as the other person because I might not have said it, but I'd been thinking it all. I'd been meditating it all. I'd been feeling it all. And so sometimes we think, well, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying these things. But man, they are the meditations of our heart. And and this week, I just want you to consider what you've been meditating on. Where your eyes have gone. Where your mind has gone. That no one else knows about. But God knows what you've been thinking about. God knows what I've been thinking about. And it's true for me, and it's probably true for you, that there have been things this week that are not acceptable in his sight. But by God's grace, I want it to be the prayer of my life that what I say and what I meditate on would be pleasing to God. And that as he speaks to me through creation and through his word, that I am speaking back to him things that please him and bring him honor. And so we've, we've considered in our time, our short time, how God has spoken to us through creation. We've, we've considered how he spoke to us through his word and, and how that calls for a, a response. And, and, and you see there, there's one other point, right? You see that. It's not hidden from you. There's one last point. Uh, one last point is that God has spoken to us through his son. Um, as we consider and think about how God has spoken through his 
creation through his word, I, I think we would be wrong not to also consider for a moment how he has spoken to us through his son. Because the way he has spoken through creation, we can't miss. He, 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 it, there's nowhere you can go that this isn't there, that this isn't loud, that this isn't going on, this speech. And his word is there and it is loud. But I don't think there is a greater way, a more meaningful way that God has spoken to us than the way he has spoken to us through his son. If, if in this time you feel like you've not heard from God, if you feel alone or unloved, I want to encourage you to look at Jesus Christ and what he has done for you and for me and to know that through that, God is speaking to you and to me. Um, let's consider what the Bible says, John 1, Jesus is called the word of God. Hebrews 1, chapter 1 says that God used to speak to us in various ways through prophets and, and other means. God's spoken a lot of ways over the years. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. This passage also tells us that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of of his nature. So if, if you'd like to see the glory of God on full display, look at Jesus Christ and see his glory. If, if you'd like to see Jesus, if you'd like to see God, look at Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the one who came and became a man, the one who healed the sick, the one who did many miracles, the one who, who died. For our sins. The one who was raised from the dead. The one who ascended to heaven. And the one who will return one day for his people. Consider this Jesus. He is God's last word to you and to me. And, and, and if you hear that word. And you receive that word. And you delight in that word. It is a good word. It is a word of life. It is a word that restores you, that rejoices you, that makes you wise, that changes you from the inside out. But if you reject that word and you close your ears to that word and you say, I'll hear another word. Then you die eternally away from him and away from God. You're eternally separated from God. So. Today, hear God as he speaks through creation. Take a walk today for Mother's Day and look around and see God speaking and rejoice that God is speaking to you. Open the Bible today and rejoice that God is speaking to you. And today, consider Christ and how God has spoken to you through his Son and rejoice that our sins are forgiven by his name. Rejoice that whatever COVID-19 does, our hope is not in this life, but in the life to come. And that's because Jesus Christ is the word of God and the resurrection and the life. And though we die, we will live if we are trusting in this word of God, Jesus Christ. So I call you today to trust him. I call you today to look to him 
and see life in love and what we need in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being with us today. We're going to sing again and end our service. Thanks for tuning in to the First Baptist Newton Podcast. If you want to learn more, check out our website at newtonfbc.org. We'll see you next time.